Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Legacy. 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 This is the Aztec Legacy Podcast with yours truly, Robert Ortiz, where we honor and learn from the legacies of the past, present, and future Aztecs. Today, we have a special guest, Aztec Hall of Famer. Uh, he played nine seasons in the NFL, and he was an All-American at San Diego State. It's my pleasure to welcome Mr. Kyle Turley. Good to be with you, brother. Appreciate you having me. Go Aztecs. Exactly. I appreciate you for coming on. Now, this podcast is about the legacies of those that have come through San Diego State. And I just want to make sure we get yours on record so that all the future past and the present Aztecs will know uh, who you were, why you came to San Diego State, and, and what you were when you were at San Diego State. So um, I appreciate you coming on. And let's get started real quick. Um, you know, just tell us where you grew up and, and, and what type of, I guess, teenager, let's say teenager you were. <laughs> yeah. Um, I grew up out in the Inland Empire. Uh, I live out here. I live in Riverside, uh, Woodcrest area, but like Lake Matthews, March Air Force Base uh, area of Riverside. And um, I moved here when I was about 10 years old from Washington State. And uh, my dad was a farmer and a truck driver. So uh, farming, uh, we had a bad year. We moved down, uh, you know, with nothing. Uh, we literally came in a car. My grandfather gave us, my dad's, a, we, we have five kids, you know, so we moved to Moreno Valley and um, you know, that's where we could afford to live in Southern California. Yeah. Right. And uh, moved, moved to Moreno Valley and uh, my dad started you know, getting some trucking jobs and things like that. So, um, you know, I was always into sports and, um, you know, I grew up religious, uh, Mormon background. And so, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of, I don't know, discipline necessarily, just clean living, you know what I mean? So there, yeah. we didn't have anybody around our families that drank or did drugs or anything like that. So I was quite fortunate growing up in that, uh, you know, upbringing. And um, uh, so, but it didn't keep me from hanging out with everybody that drank and did drugs. So, <laughs> you know, as I played sports and so you know, I got to, I got to interact with everybody and, and, uh, you know, having respect for my family and, you know, where I came from and all those other things. I honestly didn't feel I needed any of those things. Uh, I just was a, a sports kid and, um, you know, I got into extreme sports uh, early uh, or late 80s, early 90s, you know, the extreme sports world just exploded. And What kind and of extreme sports was that? Oh, just skateboarding. I mean, skateboarding and then surfing and all those things, you know, all the board sports, snowboarding. Um, you know, living in the Inland Empire, you have the opportunity to be able to go surfing in the morning and snowboarding by night. You know? Right. And, That's what yeah. the one thing I, I always tell people about being in Southern California is, you know, we're close enough to get best of both worlds. And um, yeah. so if you were into extreme sports and you're a skateboarder, that means you had good balance then. I think, you know, that, that contributed in a big way to me being able to do what I did. And, and uh, you know, I didn't play football. What got me to San Diego State was that um, I didn't play till my senior year of high school. And so, you know, coaches didn't have the opportunity to recruit me, didn't know who I was, had no clue. 
And when they came and talked to my coaches and they saw me on film in high school and I was just all over the place and, you know, just getting after people, um, you know, they, I think it sparked that, that there's a lot of potential in this kid. Yeah. You know, and it came from my background. They were really interested in that. I was a good surfer and I was a good skateboarder and, you know, and then I, but wrestling was also my other sport, you know, so wrestling, I started at a young age and, I tell people this day, you want your kid to play football. My kid, if he wants to play football, he's going to have to wrestle and, you know, understand how to use his body. So when I transitioned into football from, you know, having surfed since I was 12 to uh, skating and growing up and skating, you know, we didn't have all these parks with all this you know, conveniences. I mean, we're out sweeping ditches and building wood ramps and getting splinters and all these things, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, learning how to really, you know, just be out, you know, and, and independent. And, yeah. um, you know, there's nobody watching you and there's no park in a, in a gate around you, you know. No we, safety we to, rules. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we had to run from the cops all the time. You yeah. know, there was no, no skateboarding, you know, things like that. So, I, they liked, I think, that I had a great athletic background from board sports and string sports and then, uh, you know, the wrestling background and how they saw that transition to the football field in one year. Um, and then, you know, I had an inherent desire. I always wanted to play football. I just, it escaped me. You know, extreme sports was a huge part of my life and I didn't want to give up summers for training camp, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was not about to, living in the, the Valley in the Inland Empire, I was not about to give up two weeks of, uh, you know, water time uh, at the beach, that's for sure. I get it, I get it. Now, you said you you uh, did wrestling. Was there any other sports that you played growing up or even just in high school? We could just focus on high school. Yeah, baseball, baseball, uh, you know, I did, I, era I grew up in we don't have what my son has today which is all these travel this and travel that travel football travel baseball everybody's got a travel team and right um, we didn't have that we had seasons you know so all of us I mean I talked to the professional athletes out here all my buddies that I grew up with out here that played you know baseball and basketball and all I mean I'm from out here. There's a lot of talent that come out of here. You know, I mean, Kawhi Leonard come out of my hometown. You know, we got me. We got uh, Tyron Smith, the place for uh, the Cowboys left tackle, uh, and a number of skill guys. Uh, Terrell Smith. Uh, you know, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people from the IE. I, I, honestly, there's a lot of people, yeah. uh, not only in sports, but just entertainment, everything. I always hear people, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah IE, baby. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I didn't even yeah, know what the IE was until I started playing sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. We got we got Cheech Marin. We got Cheech from Cheech and Tom. We got um, who else? We got we got um, um, Sammy Hagar from Van Halen. We got Sammy Hagar's IE guy. You know, yeah. we got all the baseball players. I mean, you know, Barry Bonds and all these cats. They're all from out here. But you know, we all played sports together you know guys like Barry Bonds he didn't play baseball every day all year long yeah you know we all played baseball together we played football together we played basketball together wrestling every sport you know because that's how the world was back then you know yeah. people didn't have year round this and that no it was this was your season that this is this season that season you know and so we all you know mingled I don't think any of us uh just stuck to one sport you yeah. know so i I, uh, grew, I grew up the same way i played three sports uh baseball basketball football um but while we're on that subject do you think um the fact that i would call them i guess players or athletes 
back then, since they played all those different sports, do you think that helped them in whatever sport they uh, excelled in later? Or do you think now, you know, like I find a lot of players, a lot of kids, they're just sticking to one sport, you know, and they play it year round. What is your take on that? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, you're, you're really limiting your, you know, kids opportunity at what they're truly, you know, great potential is at. you know, I mean, you don't know that I didn't play football till my senior year of high school. And I get a, you know, full scholarship to San Diego State, I could have went to a bunch of other schools, I took trips, I mean, my senior year where these kids, you know, had played football their whole life, Pop Warner, high school, everything. And then I'm the guy that's getting all the tickets sent my way to go fly on airplanes to go to this school and that school and go to recruiting trips and eat fancy dinners and, you know, and <laughs> meet college girls and stuff. Oh, you know? oh, oh. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was, uh, that was huge. I made a lot of guys really mad, you know, and, and it was all due in my opinion to, you know, my ability to, uh, just be an athlete, you know, and that's what I, tra when I train kids uh, coming out of high school that were trying to get scholarships to, to college and come coming out of college, trying to go to the NFL. I still, you know, dabble in that, um, you know, area and, and, and try to give my knowledge back uh, to, to a lot of guys. And um, I, I really focus on becoming a better athlete. You know, that's, that's what made me who I was. That's what got me to be able to come into San Diego state as a, you know, one year under my belt of high school football playing defensive end, outside linebacker, you know, just go get the football, Kyle, uh, to, <laughs> hey, we're going to switch you to offensive line. And now you got to learn a 60, you know, 100 play playbook. And uh, you got responsibilities now other than that football, you know, and, it, you know, I, I, you just go, okay. And, and you just go. You know? Yeah. And, and now you mentioned that you were recruited by, by multiple School. So I want to get in before we get into the San Diego State part. I want to get into that real quick. Who were the schools that were after you? And I guess the schools that you turned down to come to San Diego State. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty you know, fortunate. I had a great high school football coach and he got me heavily recruited out of one year of playing and um, I had, if it wasn't for my grades, I probably could have took trips to all the majors, you know, all the big schools in the country. But, um, uh, because I didn't have my academics in order, I, I was kind of in the state school, you know, recruiting, uh, pool. So that took me to Iowa state, uh, went to Cyclones for a trip up in, uh, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, uh, got off the airplane. There it was uh, three feet of snow on the ground and, you know, freezing. I had a great trip, man. The, the, the college was awesome. The campus, amazing. I mean, you, you talk about what, what could have been different and where would you maybe else have gone? What was your next choice? You know, if they hadn't put me up down in Mission Bay and it had been a beautiful sunny day and took me to the beach and seen all the surf and the girls. Yeah. You know, I would have been a cyclone, man. I, uh, I, you know, I was a wrestler and they had a great wrestling program. Um, San Diego State didn't have that. Um, so, you know, ultimately it ended up me, uh, I went to Fresno State on another trip. Uh, and then I went to San Diego State and then I canceled uh, New Mexico. I was supposed to go to New Mexico the next week. And then uh, I was supposed to go to Kansas State the next week after that. And I uh, canceled both of those after I went to San Diego State. And you just knew that that's where I needed to be. You know, I, it was one of those things where I just felt like this is where I got to be. You chose San Diego State. And they originally recruited you as a defensive player, correct? 
Yeah, I was uh, 230 pounds, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, when they recruited me, I was like 220. 215, 220. I was a defensive end, outside linebacker. Yeah, I had uh, Ephraim Salam on the on the show uh, a few episodes back, and he was talking. Oh, yeah. He was talking about you two on the scout team, yeah. uh, getting on scout, getting moved to offensive line for scout, and then you ended up staying. And he's like, "Oh, I guess I'm gonna stay too." <laughs> yeah, we were a kind of a package deal. It was funny, man. Our whole career ended up you know, going together, um, you know, in that line, uh, you know, we got both brought there as defensive uh, ends and then uh, they, you know, both, they switched us. Um, well, it, it had to do mostly with uh, um, the coaching change, you know, Al Luganville was the head coach and then he got fired uh, after Marshall Falk declared eligible for the draft. That was, I guess, the, <laughs> <laughs> that was the firing point. So, uh, new coach comes in and brings a whole new staff, and we had this opportunity to work with a guy named Ed White, who was, you know, a, a legend, you know, just unbelievable offensive line guru, legend guy, and um, respected by everyone, and 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 just that he was just magnetic, you know. We were we we couldn't not be attracted to that guy, being who we were. Uh, we didn't we didn't uh, I guess resonate with the uh, the D line coach and um what he was looking for necessarily but we more so had ed white really fighting for us saying these are the guys i can turn into potential offensive linemen that you know you deserve as a as a team and then that might have a chance to make it to the nfl that's amazing i mean the fact that he did that and he was able to notice that uh i had the opportunity to be around ed white as well because tom Kraft that, that was my head coach when i was there and and he he brought him back, you know, so that was, kind yeah, of, that was right. kind of cool to kind of experience that, you know, rest in peace, uh, Ed White. But, um, yeah, that was, that was a, a dope experience. And the fact that I didn't, to be honest, I, I didn't know he was there before until I talked to Ephraim Salam. So, you know, you're just reiterating, you know, the greatness that, that we were, we all were, were able to, uh, just experience. And, um, the fact that yeah. he recognized that in you two, you know, uh, you know, just hearing all the stories uh, from from Ephraim about you two, you know, just you know, just dominating <laughs> on the yeah. scout team. Uh, it was it was super. Well, cool you know, to- we we had we were fresh, man. We didn't know what to do other than that. You know, we didn't know what to what we we just didn't have a clue. You know, we were just out there figuring it out, and we just had those personalities that didn't allow us to accept defeat and that we weren't going to get up and try to kick your ass again. You know, I mean, you might get us, but we're going to get you. Yep. You know, and that's and exactly growing, what he said. You know? Yeah. We're growing and we're growing and we're getting better. You know, I mean that we both knew you know, working with Ed White that, that, that we were going to have that, that, that knowledge that that you needed to play any position on the football field, you know, and that is that confidence and that knowledge of the game of football and what it truly is. And nobody instilled that in us more than Ed White, you know, to understand the, the game of football and what it meant to be a football player. You know, it was bigger than the game. And, you know, now it's become just the game and, and it's commercialized. But, you know, man, you're around those old school coaches uh, with that staff. And uh, it, it was it was a family, you know, it was personal. And uh, um, learning from that guy, you know, I stood outside after the first team meeting that Ted Toler had and he introduced the whole staff. And, uh, you know, Tom Kraft was OC and 
and Ed White was O-line coach and, you know, all these different guys. And we're like sitting there and every one of them went down the line, you know, introducing themselves. And, uh, and, and they said, after this meeting's over, you know, we're a clean slate. You can go to any meeting room you feel like you can help this football team win at. And uh, we'll figure it out from there. And, and so I was like, oh, I'm going back to D-line, you know, because the other coaches wanted me to play O-line too. Al Luganville was the first one to come to me and said, Kyle, you really, because when I got on the scout team, it was, you know, it was almost natural, you know, that position, I guess, uh, technique-wise and just everything I was doing to them, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> everything I was doing to them was, you know, they came to me, like, as a freshman. I remember Al Luganville coming to me and the O-line coach saying, Kyle, you might – you could play probably in the NFL as a defensive lineman. You got everything and all the intangibles, but you got a chance at what we've seen so far, and you've never played this position. You could be one of the best offensive linemen, you know, ever. Yeah. And so I was, you know, hearing that from a college coach that, you know, just got done coaching Marshall Falk and DeAndre Scott and all these guys that were now going to the NFL, I was like, wow, this guy knows. You know, he knows. And so, all right, let's go, you know, because – End of the day, I wanted to make it to the NFL. I didn't go to San Diego State to go to school or play for the Aztecs. I, I went there to make it to the NFL. Yeah, I, I believe that. And um, so the fact that you, you know, you didn't really go there to play offensive line, but they were telling you that. Um, how did, number one, I know it, it made you feel good, but was there ever a, a point in time where, and, you know, and I know you had a successful offensive lineman career in the NFL. But was there ever a time that you were like, man, I could have killed it on the defensive line? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and I tried to, too. I, you know, I blew my back out uh, in St. Louis my sixth year. So I had lost a bunch of weight, and I built it back up. I was out of football for almost two years. I built it back up, and I was ripped. I was like 255, shredded. I got into all the core strength stuff that started coming out, and you know, CrossFit workout things and, and, and just got shredded. I was so back and, and ready to go, but I was like 255, you know, so I was like, I can't play offensive line at this weight. So what can I do? And so I uh, actually went back and, and got a couple tryouts. They wouldn't let me try out for defensive line, but I did a, I was a tight end in mini camp uh, for Nick Saban at the Dolphins for three days and uh, burned all his rookies, burned all his rookies, a rookie mini camp uh, before the vets got there. And they invited me to come in and see if uh, this was real, that Kyle could play tight end, you know, if he had any hands. And uh, uh, three days, you know, just killed all their rookies, just destroyed them. And, and they were ready to sign me. All the coaches thought I was, but Saban, uh, Saban had a – another take on it because he was more concerned about you know us and the media and so we had a meeting afterwards and and I guess I just didn't say the right things giving him the comfort that he needed or something you know that's why he's not coaching in the NFL you know he can't deal with that so. yeah 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 <laughs> hey but he's successful in the college college level oh yeah man, you can't take that away from him but uh yeah I got they, they let they put me on the plane and uh Kansas City picked me up the next week and I uh Went up there and, and was supposed to be the third tight end behind Tony Gonzalez and uh, Jason Dunn. Uh, but Willie Rofe retired uh, right before training camp. And uh, they came to me and then said, you know, kind of like San Diego State, Kyle, you know, we know you can play tight end and you'll help us a lot. But do you think you could help us at offensive line? <laughs> it was like a, you know, total deja vu and you know, rewind scenario there. And uh, I was just like, well, I can go see if I can or not, you know. And then I was back to – 
playing 60, 70 snaps a game. I, I, my body was already riddled with injuries, so I didn't last, you know, more than half the season without having to miss some time and, you know, ended up, uh, you know, having two good years at the end there, playing offensive line again. But if I would have played defensive end, I would have destroyed people. And uh, I think they were really afraid of that uh, in me becoming another, you know, star in the NFL at another position potential. They didn't want me to play tight end because they knew I could catch the hell out of the ball and I could block and kill people and do all. I mean, some of my best games I was playing was tight end with uh, the Chiefs, just, you know, destroying people, you know, as yeah. a tight end and you're there with your tackle and knowing how to block as offensive lineman uh -huh. as a tight end. I mean, you know, it was all day. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. They didn't, I didn't think they wanted me to, for some reason, you know, they wanted to wear me out at that offensive line position. Uh, so I accepted it. I did it. And, uh, you know, if I could go back, I'd have maybe stuck to my guns and tried to find a team and maybe even would have went to, uh, uh, XFL, you know, popped up back then. And Over I was, the NFL you know, though? Just to play defensive end and show them, you Got know, because oh, get they the wouldn't film. give me the opportunity. Yeah, they wouldn't give me the opportunity to play defensive end in the NFL. I begged them, and they wouldn't do it. Got it. Got <laughs> yeah. You should have been like, "Look, man, let me show you my offense or my uh my high school yeah. my high school film, man. I was a beast." <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they knew about that, but you know, I was already hard to handle and giving me a little more fame than I already had, and uh, you know, they could they could see that might have done 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 worse for me than uh, wrangling me back into being a mushroom in the offensive line room. <laughs> yeah, um, I had a conversation with um, George Jones. And he was talking about a moment, uh, I believe it might have been his first or second game. Uh, I can't remember which one, which one it was, but uh, he had, he basically was an opening series and he had, he had a like fumble or something like that. And he mentioned you, uh, Ephraim Salam, both coming to him and saying, look, man, we're going to block for you. You can do this. Um, do you recall uh, that game or that moment? At all. I just wanted to know. Man, no, I mean, George, geez, you talk about a warrior. He broke his jaw. And yeah. uh, I can't remember who we were playing. I was Fresno State or something or somebody broke his jaw and had to get his jaw wired shut. And so he drank his food through a straw for the entire football season almost because it happened early on. And, uh, you know, he was just depressed, as you can imagine. I mean, how hard that would be to, to do what he did. Uh, and not be able to eat food, you know. Uh -huh. He had to drink everything. Yeah, he told and, me. Uh, it was crazy, man. Like he, he literally couldn't talk. He was wired shut, and that's all he could do the whole time for a whole season, man. Drinking his food, and uh, and he played through it. I mean, things that we played through that these guys, there's no way that they would even allow them to play, right? You know, you know, because of liability or something right now, and. Uh, um, George was just a warrior, man. So we always made sure that we, uh, you know, told him that we had his back, you know, no matter what. And uh, he couldn't do any wrong in our eyes. Everybody makes mistakes. We miss blocks. He drops the ball. Somebody fumbles. We never – that's why we're so great. You know, we were a brotherhood, and nobody got on to anybody. I don't remember anyone in our offensive huddle ever yelling at anybody, uh -huh. ever getting on to anybody, ever, you know, being disrespectful or um, – any of that. We were a brotherhood, you know, oh. and that was, 
that was that was real for us. I don't know if it was the way they recruited us and the guy, just our you know era of growing up and who our families were or whatever. I don't know, man. But offensively, I don't remember one argument. I don't remember one disagreement. I, nothing wow. uh, in our in our huddles. You know, yeah, so that's we're good. always positive. Yeah, yeah, that's always good. positive. I I I um. I know you, you know, eventually you became an all-American offensive lineman. And you mentioned, you know, once you were going to San Diego State, it was, it was basically a business decision for you to, to get to the NFL, you know. And so I just wanted to know what your, uh, what your work ethic was like, you know. What, how were you what, – uh, mentally, what were you thinking? Was it strictly NFL or was it like – I want to dominate every single person that gets in front of me. Well, yeah, I mean, and I knew that's what it would take to make it to the NFL, you know, to become dominant, especially coming from San Diego State as an offensive lineman. You know, that's not getting in the NFL. That's an extra hard job to do coming out of San Diego State. Yeah. Uh, you know, and to be the draft pick that I was and go that high. And I mean, it, it took a complete dedication. You know, I skipped spring breaks. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. You know, I, I, I saw my teammates losing their scholarships for weed and, you know, getting arrested and for DUIs. And then, you know, having these coaches come around, and, you know, recruiting them and going up, oh, that's a mark. That's a mark. I got busted uh, in a, you know, got drawn into a, a fight of my freshman year with a fraternity. Uh, it turned out to be a huge deal. You know, I was lucky that I was in the era that I was, you know, I thought, Oh, we're in animal house and it's just a fight with the fraternity, you know, and I ended up in jail in San Diego, you know, for 16 hours, uh, <laughs> wow. went through the whole process down at County, you know, I know wow. what the inside that building looks like <laughs> I got naked in there. And, uh, you know, I learned my lesson as a freshman, fortunately, uh, that, uh, I needed to commit myself and I did, you know, I, I committed myself to the dream and then I uh, got the results that you receive. If you do that, you know, if you have the ability, if you have the, you know, what I, I knew you, you can't fool yourself looking in the mirror. And I knew in the mirror, when I looked at myself, I had every box checked and all it took was for me to say, you know what, I'm going to dedicate a little more time than the rest of the guys and get better. You know, first off started from switching to offensive line and then, you know, I had just redshirted and I was like, I don't like sitting on the bench. Yeah. I'm not going to go sit on this bench one more time. Uh -huh. And I had a senior in front of me, uh, Louis Zunstein. And he had played, you know, he played against USC. He played against Miami. He, this guy had, you know, played in games, you know, yeah. big games for the Aztecs. Walked through Marshall Falk, you know. And here I was coming from the defensive end position, weighing 235 pounds when I got to San Diego State. And they switched me to offensive line because they saw my growth in the weight room and on the field at that position. And I would, you know, we, we break at Christmas for Christmas break. And we, we always got like two, three months, almost two months of Christmas break going to San Diego state. So I went straight to my grandma's house in Washington state wow. <laughs> back in a little farm town, uh -huh. straight, straight up Rocky style, eat, sleep, train eat sleep train eat sleep grandma's cooking me i'm like grandma you got to help me because i got to start come spring football i'm starting over that's this dope <laughs> yeah all my all my roommates they were before we left i'm like no man i'm starting i'm starting they're like dude louie's got the, the gig just chill out you'll just you know maybe your sophomore junior year will start to get some time you know and and you'll get in there and you know and then and then see what happens i'm like no i'm not gonna sit this bench no way i'm playing 
I, I got an opportunity and I'm gonna take advantage of it. And that's what I did. And I came back from uh, Christmas break. So I, I reported San Diego State 235. Before I left for uh, Christmas break, uh, I put on about 25 pounds. I was 255. Um, and, and then I came back from Christmas break 285. I, I just, two, two months of Christmas break, three months. And just wow. every day I was asleep probably 16 hours a day uh, and and the rest of the time i was literally in the weight room or eating wow. constantly you're know, waking up to eat you know uh old strength coach uh, dave Oten, uh, uh, rest his soul you know, he, he told me you know how to do this and 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 set your alarm wake up eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and do all these other things and and keep your protein coming in and carbs and all that you know whatever and we didn't have supplements like they do now and I came back to San Diego State from Christmas break and walked in that team meeting like, what, you know? Wow. And the job was mine. And, and that dude, that senior guy, he looked at me like, wow, oh, dang it. <laughs> and uh, I won the job in uh, fall camp. You know, I had spring ball, had great performance. And then, uh, uh, you know, fall camp came and I, I you know, earned the job in training camp. That's an amazing story right there. And that's inspirational. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a lot of kids that, that may listen to this and they might be in that same position, you know, like, man, I got this senior in front of me or I got this, you know, it could be anything, a junior or, or uh, for instance, I came in and I was a, a walk-on and then, you know, mm -hmm. I, I ended up earning a scholarship later. But, you know, had I had that mentality, like, Yo, I don't care what year you are. I'm coming in here and I'm going to start uh, things. You know, I might have got a little, I might have been successful a little bit sooner. Um, sure. So that mentality, you know, does that, is that something that you always had or is that something that you kind of were like, look, this is what I want and I, I, I know this is what I have to do to get what I want. Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I you know, coming from a wrestling background, that's why I say kids need to wrestle and play football because, and do anything. I think wrestling is just the greatest sport, period. And it just teaches you so much about yourself, how to handle yourself, and then the hard work and things you got to go through in wrestling to, to you know, make it to, you know, match day and all these things and making weight and all these. There's a lot of discipline involved, you know. Yeah. So you start to understand, and I started early, seventh grade wrestling, and in the summers, I would do freestyle. I actually qualified for the Olympics uh, right before I had to go to a San Diego State training camp. I had to choose. Do I go to the uh, Summer Olympic Games here after I just earned a spot doing freestyle wrestling that summer? Uh, or do I go to training camp? For the Aztecs. Wow! You know? Wait, we yeah, can't, we can't yeah. just you can't just brush over that. Hold on, <laughs> you got invited yeah. to the Olympics. Yeah, no, I wrestled, started seventh grade, and then I would do, this, you know, seasons in, the, in high school. And then in summers, you have freestyle wrestling, which is, you know, like club wrestling or whatever. And those are the training grounds for the Olympic teams. Yeah. And uh, so, I, so I did all that. You know, I was doing freestyle wrestling in the summer. And then, you know, that I decided to play football. I put on all this muscle. And I was a great wrestler in high school, and I kept getting better. But I was always a tall, skinny kid. And, and then I started lifting weights and eating for football. And so I started getting all this muscle and everything. And then they created a new weight class uh, that it was a hybrid class. Before, I used to go from like 189 to heavyweight. And uh -huh. then it was like heavyweight was up to like 275. And you could, you, you'd have to be, if you were a pound over, if you're 190, you were having to wrestle a 270 pound guy. That's crazy. You know, so, 
yeah. So in high school, my senior year, I was one of the top seeds in the state and ended up getting beat by the number uh, one of the number one seeds because he was like 275 and jacked. And I was like 220, 215 maybe. Um, but I was real fast and agile and, and you know, could shoot and, and uh, really stay on the perimeter and, and work. Guys didn't have to get tied up. But once you did, then you got – so anyways, I started, you know, lifting weights and getting stronger and stronger. And then they created a hybrid class. Uh, that you had that was like 225 pound weight class uh, for the Olympics. And, uh, and I was like, boom, this is my chance. And so I just went, you know, undefeated through all that summer and wrestling freestyle tournaments all over Southern California and then qualified for the uh, uh, state games. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, those would then the, be the preliminary rounds for qualifying for the Olympics. And, and I, I have no doubt I could have went and, and probably, earned a scholarship to a, a bigger school after I got that size on me and was wrestling, uh-huh. uh, had more schools interested in me and wrestling then and all that, but they all knew my path was football from just watching five minutes of me play it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so how hard was that, that decision? Was it hard for you at all? Or like, were your parents like, what are you thinking? This is the Olympics. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was hard for me because I put so much time into it. That was my sport, you know, wrestling and, uh, you know, I had to make that decision then to give it up going to San Diego State. It was unfortunate. That's where the torn, you know, element is of not choosing to go to Iowa State. You know, if, yeah. if things would have been different, uh, I could have wrestled and played football. And, um, you know, that would have, you know, completely probably changed my life. But, you know, going to San, everything happens for a purpose. Going to San Diego State was a great purpose. And then the people I was around, coming from where I came from and wrestling is what gave gives me the answer to your question. And that was, you know, my wrestling coaches, you know, were, were some of the best coaches I've ever had. Um, and they just instilled these these mantras into you as a wrestler, you know, and, and a team. Um, and uh, one of them was the three D's. And I tell kids that's my thing to tell kids, you know, growing up or that are growing up trying to play sports and achieving things is just if you focused on these three D's that my wrestling coach gave me when I was an impressionable young man uh-huh. uh, and told me to write them down and put them everywhere. And so I said, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm going to write them down. I'll put them in my drawer. I'm going to put them in my mirror. I'm going to put it in my mom's purse. I'm going to do everything so that I see these three words every day. And those D's were dedication, determination, desire. And I applied those things in different ways in high school, you know, and then uh, in the NFL and then post NFL. And, you know, they've just always been able to take me down the right road. You know, there's no easy way. There's no shortcut. You get back to the basics and you work your ass off. And uh, that's what usually wins, you know, no matter what it is, sports or uh, the business world, what have you, you know, I've been able to music world. I've dabbed in that and, and been able to achieve great things just through dedication, determination, desire, you know, just waking up, uh, you know, determined to, to achieve this, you know, every day and working at it and good things happen. You know, if, if you continue to work at things, good things happen. And if they don't, then you can at least say, you know, my, I think that's probably bigger than the, the dedication, determination, desire, these, these things. The biggest thing was regret. And one coach told me one time, you have to make the decision to live with the pain of regret or the, 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 uh, the pain of discipline yeah. and, you know, and anything, you know, how, what, your family, you're married, you got a father, your, your husband, you got a job, any, whatever your job is. If, if you don't understand that pain is involved every day 
in whatever it is you're going to face, then you're going to succumb to the, you know, the pain of regret. And I've had too many of those <laughs> realities in life of not sticking to discipline, you know, the pain of discipline. It's going to hurt. Football hurt so bad. You know, I, I had to do, I mean, I, I've ripped toenails off with pliers in dorm rooms at San Diego State, blood everywhere, you know. Wait, I've, tell I've, us that story real quick, because that's <laughs> gross, but I still want to hear it. Oh, yeah, just doing what, just so I could get on the field the next day, because it hurt so bad, and, and you didn't want to take time off gimping around, you know. You just do whatever it took. Um, you know, I, 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 I got my foot stepped on at San Diego State during training camp, and my toe was just black and blue. I can't even remember who it was, defensive line. Maybe it was Leroy Glover just stomped me with his cleat. And uh, my big toenail was just black and blue. And it was getting loose and falling off because you're in your shoes, you know, and sweat's just pouring in training camp. And so the nail just went dead. It was just floating there. And it was just hurting so bad because you jam your foot and the nail would pierce into the sides and stuff. And I was just like, but it was hanging on, you know, it was just hanging on yeah. by these areas of the nail that, that were just stuck to your toe. And I, you couldn't, I couldn't get it off, but you know, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't just die. And so one night it was just so painful. And I was just like, I got to get rid of this thing. And so I just got a pair of pliers from the equipment room, took them back to the dorm that night, needle nose pliers right underneath the toenail and just did into, I think a leather belt and just, and just ripped it off. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Blood I mean, everywhere. I've had, yeah, I've had, I've been stepped on like that and I've had toenails fall off, but I've never ripped one off. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I could have did that. Hey, I never felt so good the next day, man. I, it was such a relief. I mean, when people stepped on it, it hurt. Uh, but it, I, the, no, the nail wasn't there anymore, just killing and you know, killing me in my feet when I was running and all those things. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are the trip. those are the stories <laughs> that yeah. we'll always have when we're you know old and gray, and we're we're talking to these these youngsters like. Back in my day. <laughs> okay, right now, the COVID thing, you got Cam Newton, uh, you know, and they're postponing an entire football game for, you know, Cam Newton being sick with COVID. And, like, they used to give us the flu shot every year, and we would get sick every year, and we'd have to play through it, you know. Yep. We'd, I was getting IVs before the game, IVs at halftime, throwing up on the sideline. You know, near death. I was on the tarmac playing for the Saints. Uh, we played Carolina, and I was so exhausted. Uh, and I'd gone through the getting my flu shot. Then you get the flu, and so then you're just dealing with this. And I'm like, after the game, I was just uh, like passing out on the tarmac. They had all the people around me. I'm laying on the tarmac, got my back out, waiting to get on the airplane. I I, I just fell down. I was like, I'm done. You know. Yeah. Uh, so. Just wrapping up a little bit, who who were the people that most inspired you growing up or even, you know, even as a, a young adult? Um, you know, just all those great mentors that I had um, growing up, all my coaches. Um, you know, I, I guess I mean, one of the biggest credits to me was that I was coachable. And if you were somebody who demanded attention, I listened. And, um, you know, the influence that I had football-wise was from those coaches, you know, sports-wise. I mean, 
in general. I mean, I had some idols kind of in football, guys I watched playing growing up, you know, Tony Dorsett and, you know, Danny White for the Cowboys. You know, these guys nobody knows about, you know. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, Howie Long. You know, I loved watching Howie Long play defensive line, and, I, and that was why I became a defensive lineman. I was wanting to be the next Howie Long, you know. And, yeah. Um, you look like you be in his family. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I get mistaken for it all the time, actually. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> hey, Chris, 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 Chris. <laughs> no, I'm not Chris Long. I'm not Chris Long. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just had some uh, – being with Ed White, um, that was where we really had the advantage. You know, he was uh, played in the NFL 17 years. He knew everybody. He coached in the NFL before he came to us for great offensive lines. And he knew every, everybody knew him. So we had guys coming to us. And I didn't know. I just played football one year. I, I watched football, but I, I wasn't like this fan of it. And, you know, I had the sheets, though. I had the curtains and the pillowcases and blankets and all the team stuff, you know, because I loved it growing up. But I, I just I didn't have favorite player. I just like watching football. I love playing football more. Yeah. You know, I love going out in the park and we used to play games that were football, you know, uh, uh, we can't say the names of what they were called anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, how tough I was, they were. I was hoping you, know? you weren't going to. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm not going there in 2020. And, uh, uh, but, but, you know, that created that mindset, I think, and uh, just watching everybody, but Ed White brought it in. Um, so many guys, Jim Lachey, he brought in, um, and all the Chargers guys from Donnie Masick to uh, uh, Dennis and all these guys, all the uh, Kellen Wenzel, I think, came through. Uh, Fred Dreyer, you know, San Diego State, he would come down, you know, every now and then. And you know, him and Ed White were roommates and caught in, in, at the bowl games because Ed White went to Cal and uh, uh, Fred Dreyer went to San Diego State and they were roommates at like the Hula Bowl in Hawaii or something mm -hmm. and then just became buddies for you know best friends the rest of their life and yeah I, you know, think, he, each other. I, I think he came and talked to to the team when I was there too yeah yeah you know and uh so but we would get these different perspectives from guys like that you know they would come and talk to the team but then they'd come and talk to us like real you know, yeah. and, and it was really cool, man. Uh, so th that, those were the best experiences with who was influential was just through all the great coaches I had. And then guys that would come around because of them, you know, and that's where I learned to be like them so that people want to come around and hang out with me. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Now, uh, last question. One, one thing I try to ask everybody is um, if you had the opportunity to speak to the 18 year old Kyle Turley or someone that's, similar to your position uh you know one year of football um coming in as one position and they're asking you to switch or you know or just coming in off of one year of football uh and they have aspirations to go to the nfl what would you tell that that young man i just again those three words man dedication determination desire and whether or not you want it um, you've got to make a decision, you know, are you here for what, for what, what, for what, what are you here for? Wow. You know, what's your purpose? What is your purpose? Everybody has to find their purpose and there should never be a sacrifice. You should not be sacrificing anything to be here. You know, you, I never thought of it as a sacrifice ever. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be getting all that pain because I knew it was making me better. Uh -huh. And, you know, I knew giving up spring breaks and going down to Mexico and with everybody else was going to likely get in the way of my, of, you know, 
increase in my training and my strength and all these other things. I, I set goals that I wanted and I didn't let other things get in the way of that. Yeah. And then if you stick to them, you know, this, the power and the energy that's out there in the world um, uh, is something to be said about, you know, how, how God really works for people who want to work. You know, if you, if you go, if, I don't care what you are. I've seen so many guys um, all from all my military buddies and others that are disabled, uh, that it got blown up in explosions and missing limbs and everything. And these guys are the most positive and I don't give a hell what it's going to be. I'm going to attack it. You know, um, I'm going to learn to surf. I'm going to learn, I'm going to be a surfer. I'm going to be a, a football player, I'm gonna play music. I'm gonna, whatever it is. I've taken those things, you know, in the everywhere I've wanted to go. So if you want to play this game, then, you better be committed to this game. And, you know, don't think of uh, yourself as this or that. Just let it happen. Continue to become a better athlete. And um, uh, at the end of the day, that will override everything. Because if you get that invitation uh, to the combine, if you get that invitation to the senior bowl and these other things I got because I work my ass off, uh, you'll perform at that next level. You know, uh, otherwise you won't because it just doesn't get handled. There's so many guys that you know, would say, oh, I could do that. I could do that. And it's like, well, okay, do it. Exactly. You, just didn't. Exactly. you know, you didn't do it. You didn't follow through. I got to San Diego State and I, I, I saw Marshall Falk and I said, if this guy can do it, then I'm going to do it. You know, and I did it. You know, it was, uh, uh, it was there for me. Again, I saw it in the mirror. I had no excuses. And, um, you know, you just can't be anybody that, that gives an excuse for anything, you know, yeah. just, just, you just got to go you either want it or you don't. And it's something that you don't sacrifice for. It's not something, Oh, I got to give up spring break. No, I never looked at it that way. I never looked at it. Like oh, I got to give this up. Hell no. I wanted to sleep. I wanted to eat. I wanted to train, eat, sleep, train, eat, sleep, train, because I wanted to make it to the NFL. I wanted to be the best at my position. Like they said, they thought I could be. I wanted to fulfill on those, you know, that, that commitment yeah. that Al Luganbill gave me, uh, that Ted Tolner gave me and Ed White gave me and Tom Kraft and all these guys gave me, Sean Payton gave me, you know, Sean Payton was our quarterbacks coach at San Diego state. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I did, I wanted to honor that, you know, that they gave me those opportunities uh, and not just take them lightly. You know, I, I uh, was fortunate to, be around the people I was and then to learn lessons early instead of late. Um, and then, uh, you know, outside of that, it, again, it's just a commitment. You know, you gotta, you gotta be committed to your dream. Yeah. You know, I tell these kids, I'm like, you got one chance, especially at football. That's it. That window, that window closes quick. Yep. And there's no like developmental league. There's no like minors. There's, there's no yeah. overseas. I mean, there is, there used to be overseas kind of, I even, right. I, I played, I got the opportunity to play NFL Europe. Uh, but that was, I, my, my season was the last season they did it 2007. Yeah. So, um, you're, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate you for, for sharing your journey and, and your story and, um, like just, Everything you went through is is almost exactly kind of what I went through. Not switching positions, but just like I grew up the same way, you know, good family. Um, you know, we are a Christian family. I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I don't do any of that stuff. Um, but, you know, and my focus was the same thing, you know, getting to the next level. And, and um, 
So I can I can definitely say that uh, what you are saying is is true, and um, I appreciate you again for coming on, and thank you for your time and congratulations to everything you you've accomplished. You know, everywhere from NFL to music to you know business. Now it's 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 fun to watch. I follow you on Instagram, so it's it's cool to watch. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate it. Uh, really appreciate it. Always, you know, love the Aztec Brotherhood, man. The, uh, I wish the school would uh, do more to honor that and, and uh, help us out. But thanks to guys like you and the platforms that uh, uh, you, you continue to be a part of and helping the, the team, you know, I know I could do something more, but uh, you know, Brady hoax back. I, I don't know that he likes me too much. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how long he stays this time. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, look, we'll that's what this is for. This is, this is really for the tradition um, and trying to, you know, I'm trying to do my part, you know, and yeah. my part would be, you know, giving my part would be recording the people that went through before us um, that are there now and that will come after. And, you know, really, really understanding the people that that came through, because, I mean, if they if you just went off of, you know, what you read in, in the, the media or or what you see on the field, you never really get to know the, the actual players, you know, that came through and what they went through, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't know if it says anywhere that you were uh, a beast in wrestling and that you <laughs> almost went to the Olympics. Like, that's crazy. And that's dope. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we got that, that, that recorded. And, you know, some people can understand, like there might be some kids or some parents that are listening to this and, and they might say, you know what, I'm gonna put my child in wrestling. Yeah, that wrestling or, you know, jujitsu, but you know, or anything that helps them learn how to deal with their body, it's going to help you be a better football player. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. So thank you. I appreciate you. Right on, brother. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. Stay blessed. All right, brother. You got it. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.